Hey, we're back, and this is the 100th episode of the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. And uh, over here to my right, my lovely wife, the best co-host on the planet, Mrs. Clams. Hello. Happy 100. And happy birthday to you, my dear. Yes, belatedly, but yes. It's funny. We're recording this podcast opening a bit early because we're heading down to the one and only Las Vegas we are indeed down to Sin City. Yes. For Mrs. Clam's birthday. Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> Who knows? Who it knows? Could get crazy, it dirty. Could be. Or we could just sit in the hotel room and, you know, watch Golden Girls. So we don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Didn't we do that in San Francisco a couple of years ago for your birthday? We did. Not Golden Girls, but we watched uh, Bullet. Know, Bullet. Steve McQueen. That was shot in San Francisco. That's right. <laughs> That's how First we party. Of all, I want to thank you. For making 100 episodes possible. Without you, this wouldn't happen. I told it before. Hmm. Episode one, I almost didn't do. Had to reschedule it, and I wasn't going to do it. You talked me into it. Here we are, 100 episodes later. I know. (coughs) The dream was born. (laughs) And speaking of that, I want to thank Hacksaw Brett Sawyer for being the first ever (laughs) guest. Uh, He didn't know who the hell I was. He was down in uh, Florida, talked over uh, Skype, and... uh, just want to thank him. That was like talking to a uh, a legend mm-hmm. because he's a Portland wrestling legend, and I yes, was a big indeed. fan when I was a kid. And then I want to thank Nick at Around Seattle, one of my first big supporters. Couldn't have got this off the uh, ground without him either. So I really want to thank him. One time my sound was really off after I put the first one out, and he let me know, and I fixed it. <laughs> ever since then, it's been good. So thank you to Nick. I also want to thank all the Northwest Wrestling talent, promotions, promoters, owners, referees, ring announcers. I've had them all on the show. And without all of them, there would be no show. That's right. Because they are the show. I want to thank my buddy Manny Mm -hmm. for doing more podcasts than anyone else besides me and you. Yes. And uh, me and him do the Defiance, uh, or excuse me, the Defy Show uh, reviews and talk a bunch of other stuff. And I want to thank him for that. He always tweets and retweets and promotes the show appreciate that let me flip the page <laughs> i got a list you got a list you just made the list i got a huge list it's like jericho's whatever thousand hole mm-hmm. list he had that time on nitro uh i want to thank the tie guy for supporting the show and then also for giving photos to the uh website yes bigfootprowrestling.com slash tie guy photography on there mm-hmm. and then uh, i want to thank super cool guy philip who's uh, helped giving me confidence, stuff he's uh, let me know, and uh, tips and comments, and I really appreciate him. And Also, Max, without a cause wrestling, he's been on here quite a few times. Yes, he has. He's uh, helped me out with a lot of retweets. and uh, Dude, I could just go on and on and on and on. And then all the fans that have supported the show, uh, besides all the people I've mentioned, the people that have been on the show, like Streamer Club guys, uh, Amanda has been on here, uh, yes. you know, Danny. Don't forget Migs. Migs, Steve Migs. Uh, actually, thanks, Steve Migs, because he gave me some good advice. Yes. By the way, that's local celeb, that's Steve right. Migs. Get it right, please. Bad Matt Farmer, Bad Jim Perry. Yep. Yeah. Had uh, William from Prestige, Scotty Mack from ECCW, and... Uh, like I said, we just could keep plenty going of three, two, one folks on and on here. Yeah, thank them all. Steve West, yeah, simply the best. Girl Hebner, <laughs> and soon, hopefully, to get the new Oregon wrestling promotion yes. on. So, well, you'll hear a bit about that on this very podcast with uh, 
a guest that's going to be on here, Tectonic. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, let's just kind of get to it here because it's a long show. It is. You get your money's worth with this one. Well, congratulations to you, L-Train. This is a big accomplishment. I'm very proud of you. You did a great job. Nobody loves this community more than you do. You give it your heart and your soul. You sweat and blood for this thing. And I can't tell you the dinners you've missed and the late nights editing. And <laughs> it's all been for your passion. So three cheers to you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for putting it up with all those late nights. <laughs> But and thank you, t- you to our sponsor. Yes. Nacho Mama. We're going to get to that, actually. Let's just get into that before we go here. <laughs> Thanks to the one and only Nacho Mama's Seattle.com. Nacho Mama's food, gourmet food truck. Mm. It's gourmet nachos served right. Without those guys, I'd probably have to shut down the website. They've been early supporter. We really been appreciate supporters. them. They've helped us out a lot. And uh, Head over to Nacho Mama's Seattle.com. You can see where they're going to be at uh, this very next week. Don't have the specials yet since we're recording a little bit early. But next Wednesday, the 13th, Black Raven Brewing. Thursday, the 14th, Stoop Brewing. Saturday, the 16th, Urban Family Brewing. And then Sunday, 12-17, No Boat Brewing. Oh, we are so there. Snoqualmie from 12 to 8. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. Or we'll be square. We will. But uh, they got great stuff on their menu. The whole menu is over at NachoMamasSeattle.com, by the way. They're also on Twitter, at NachoMamasSea, Instagram and Facebook, at NachoMamasSeattle, hashtag Nachos and Beer, and uh, anything else we need to say before we go here? No, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear about it on social media, and if you can help support Nacho Mamas, we'd appreciate that too. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, oh, one thing before we do go, get your free 30-day trial. Yes. Powerslam.tv. B-F-P-W-F-R-E-E. B-F-P-W-F-R-E-E. Check out, you know, Defy and all the badass indie mm-hmm. stuff on there. 4,400 hours. Get on it. Get on it now. And uh, Mrs. Clams. Yes. Thanks for all you do for the show. And uh, Thank you. I'm not even going to say who's coming up. Just listen. Enjoy. And enjoy. And uh, let's leave the station. Hey, it's the L Train, and this is episode 100, and uh, another great person from the area here, one of our great wrestlers here in the Northwest, has decided and agreed to come on my podcast. He's got a little something special to read for everyone tonight here on the 100th episode, and uh, Nick Radford's back. Nick, man, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing great, podcast guy. (laughs) I appreciate you coming back, say have you back on, and uh, read your... uh, little write-up on the Cook Brothers. Yeah, and it's funny that you should mention it. You were so nice to me in that introduction, and yet on Twitter you were so incredibly rude to me. You know, I'll even say maybe I was a little bit, Nick. But last show, you kind of got on me about who I was booking for guests and things like that, and maybe I just let it get to me just a little bit. So as the bigger man that I am, I want to apologize to you. Well, you know, now that you mention it, maybe it's not my business how you run your podcast. If you want to have people on like 
like Beckett and run your podcast in the ground. That is your business. Um, so, so let me extend a little apology of my own. I'm sorry for, for, uh, trying to take the wheels out from under you. Um, you know, if you want to run your podcast into the ground, it's all, it's your prerogative, man. And, and I brought you a little gift. I wrote you a little poem special for the Bigfoot wrestling podcast. So we're getting a two-parter from you is what you're saying. You got something to say about me in the podcast, and then you're going to give us the Cook Brother stuff is what you're saying. Well, you know, time is money, and I don't got a lot of time right now. So it's more of combining of the two. So worlds are mixing, paths are crossing. This is what it's like when worlds collide, baby. This is the... Uh, I'd like to say it was the first ever, but it is actually the second ever Cook Bros fan fiction poem to feature a guest star. All right. Well, Nick, why don't you go ahead and uh, do what you came on the show to do then? I would love to. Anytime you're ready. Don't rush me. All right. Ahem. Another opportunity arose. The Cookbow star was rising so fast. They really felt like pros. Invited on the Bigfoot Wrestling Podcast. At the host podcast guy's request, they took a video call. This was a sign of making it in the Northwest. Who are they to put up a wall? But things were not as they seemed. Podcast guys and tents weren't pure. The cook pros would have screamed if they knew that podcast guy was a voyeur. The bros loved to explore each other, and podcast guy knew it so well. Their intimacy got him so bothered, and PG's interest began to swell. Mrs. Clams would never know the things that he saw that night. The cook bros were willing to show way more than he thought they might. The passion built on both sides of the cam. The conversation grew so heated. It was a different kind of body slam. And he could no longer stay seated. At the climax of all the action, podcast guy fell back into his chair, the end result of his fatal attraction, and the cook bros ended the call in despair. Now, that's one of my more artsy poems, I like to say, because it doesn't quite explain every little detail to you. It's open to interpretation, like who knows what's happening here, what happened to our dear podcast guy at the end of that poem. Was it a heart attack from so much excitement? Was he too excited from watching the Cook Bros brotherly love that he passed away? Or is it just that he he fell back in ecstasy after reaching his climax? Who knows? It's open up to interpretation. You know, I thought I'd I'd step up my game a little bit, get a little artsy, get a little a little interpretive for you here on the Bigfoot Wrestling Podcast. So I hope you appreciated that. 
Hmm. I'll say this, Nick. little snappy there. It was a little snappy, I got to say. You made things rhyme here and there. I can't believe you mixed me in with the Cook Brothers and said what you did, even bringing Mrs. Clams into this, my friend. I don't know. After I allowed you to come back on my show and then almost you insult me. But you know what? Again, I am the bigger man. I will put this out. This is the 100th episode and, uh, Nick, one of these days, we may have come across each other, and I don't know what will happen then, but uh, I knew what you recently did to Jacob Beckett, though. That's right. I uh, I poked him, I prodded him, and I, I showed who was the bigger man in that situation, so maybe I'll just do the same with you. Well, we'll see what happens. We did uh, have a couple choice words at uh, a show I saw you at recently. When we discussed this very poem, when I thought it was just going to be about uh, Cook Brothers, and then you brought myself and Mrs. Clams into it. But you know what? Good for you. I'm just going to treat it as art, and uh, that's just the way I'm going to go with it. I'm going to drop this podcast 100 episode. You, you got Alex Hammerstone, and uh, a guy. Have you ever ran across Alex Hammerstone's path? Uh, we've never actually been in the ring together, uh, but we have been on some dub C, dub C television together. Um, been on a couple of those shows. and uh, But yeah, he's a nice guy. He's uh, he's a wrestler's wrestler, I'll tell you that. Like, you look at the guy, and you know, like, that guy's something. If he's not a wrestler, he's something. <laughs> Are you going to be on those uh, WC, dub C shows coming up anytime soon? I'm coming up. Um, you can always find me on those on those house shows down in Salem, uh, WCWC Live. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I don't. I'm not sure what the situation with the WC Television is. Um, I heard that they're working on getting on a new station, so hopefully details will be coming out soonish. But for the time being, it's the live shows for me. So what else is coming up for you, brother? Uh, WCWC, house shows coming up. Uh, anything else coming up uh, around the area? Uh, well, you know, uh, by the time this comes out, uh, what day does this usually drop? This drops on a Monday every week. It will drop Monday. a week from this coming Monday. Okay, so yeah, then uh, if that's the case, it'll have already happened, but... Uh, uh, a company called uh, WWE, maybe you've heard of them. They maybe came to town. I uh, may have done some some work with them. Who knows? Uh, that's all coming up as of time of recording. Um, so no details yet, but that's something that happened. Um, like I said, Dub C Dub C. Um, I've been showing up here and there at uh, Lucha Libre Volcanica at Evolve Fitness in Seattle. Um, I've shown up there a couple times, so you can probably catch me on one of those. And uh, the way I hear it, there's another Project 42 in the works coming up kind of soonish. I don't know if details have been announced yet, so I'm not going to say anything more, but that's coming up sometime sooner than, than they have been. It's uh, Lately, they've been the, like every six months-ish. It's going to be uh, a little sooner than that, a little quicker turnaround on that. So I appreciate that. I maybe heard that rumor in Induendo myself. 
that. Uh, yeah, so be my, uh, details to come on that, too. Nice, nice, nice. So when the... Uh, yeah, if anyone's interested in hearing some of my uh, some of my art, seeing it physically, hearing it read live, uh, or even seeing me wrestle, um, or just wanting to see me, uh, you can find me on all of my social media. Also, uh, if you want, if you want to see me live, like contact local promoters. Tell them you want a scenic rapper, either read poetry or wrestle. I'll do whatever, man. Uh, so folks yeah. can book you for their kids' birthday parties. You know, ice cream socials, whatever you need. Hey, show me the money, and I'm there. <laughs> So Nick Radford will do anything for the money. I thought you were already a rich, very well-off man, my friend. Just because you have money doesn't mean you don't want more money. Well, I guess I can't disagree with you on that very point. And uh, Nick, even though you kind of uh, maybe put me down a little bit in that poem, I agreed to have it on. It will beyond episode one uh, number 100 and uh i do thank you for your time tonight you know you rescheduled on me like 15 times i don't know i think you're just effing with hey me. i'm a busy man i'm a busy man you are a busy man but anyway thank you for your time tonight and uh appreciate you no matter what being on episode 100 of the bigfoot pro wrestling podcast any final thoughts from you Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations on the top 100. For anyone, I don't think I mentioned it before, if you want to follow me on my social media, Nick is Radford, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, come find me. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, and I'll uh, you see too. you soon, I think. Probably. Hey, yo, the L-Train, and, uh, you know, it's episode... 100 so it's only fitting to the guy have the guy that's been on more bigfoot pro wrestling podcasts than anyone except myself and mrs clams the one and only beast mode manny manny how's it going brah oh, great you know I'm, I'm here driving in the snow um kind of sucks but that's life that's that's the adult life you know that is it is you man but uh, I couldn't make it in yesterday, and I'm only about 15 minutes from work, but the roads in between here and there were just uh, very difficult. Once I kind of slid out to the main area, I was like, nah, this ain't going to work, so I went back. Yeah, I mean, the freeways are good, but everything else, man, we need some plows or something. We're not used to it over here. No, not at all. And uh, the Kent Covington area was really bad, man. I don't even know if they did anything to the roads. It doesn't seem like it this morning. Hopefully, right now on my way home, it looks better. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's much better. But uh, like we we're saying before, we went online here Friday, Saturday. It might happen again. I hope it doesn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm already over it. Cause you're uh, Saturday. You got a little trip to go to, right? Correct. Uh, we're going to be making the the trip down south to Portland for Defy PDX. I think it's number four. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, big card. Even though only three matches have been announced, I think they're already at standing room only. Yeah, they're supposed to be announcing more matches, uh, I think, tomorrow. So by the time the show comes out, uh, we'll know what matches are announced, right? Yeah, that's good. I only see the three here so far. Johnny Defiance, Mundo, Nitro, whatever you want to call them. Johnny, take it on uh, Darby Allen, man. Uh, thoughts on that? 
I think it's a, a dope match. I mean, it's kind of like a clash of styles, you know? Kind of, jo Johnny Defiance represents everything that Darby stands against, you know? He's kind of like that movie star gimmick with the sunglasses and the flowing hair, kind of looking like he's coming out of a Herbal Essence commercial or something, you know? <laughs> he's a lonely freak. Darby's that lonely freak, man, that, that dude that, you know... He, he might be shopping at Hot Topic, or he might be doing something that he shouldn't be doing. I mean, he's, he's very, like, uh, anti-conformity, you know? Yes, he's like a rebel, an anarchist almost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, that should be pretty and, good. Uh, I think this is, like, Darby's <laughs> third time at Portland. He's been at a lot of the Defy PDX shows. Yeah, I know he was, what, at the first or second one, right? <clears throat> Yeah, he wrestled uh, Shane Strickland, right, when he did and the, I think he wrestled Staff. He did the coffin drop. Yeah, from the balcony, man. We didn't get a balcony spot this last time that we that we got the balcony seats. What's up with that? I don't know. No balcony shots. I guess we missed out. What are you guys doing this time, the standing room? Uh, yeah, we're doing GA. So, like, after this, pretty much we've done, like, all the different seat options at uh, the Hawthorne. We did the the stage for the first one. Then second show we did uh, front row. Then third show we did balcony right next to you. Yep. And now we're doing GA, so it's a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, at Washington Hall, I always like sitting at, at those same seats that we have uh, up close. But for Portland, I'm not too picky unless you know it's a card that I really, really want to see. Um, I'm excited for this one, but we're doing GA. That's all right. That's all right. And then uh, the other match, or the other two matches, hard-hitting one coming up here, man. Uh, Schaff taking on the man that you're going to hear from here in just a little while ago on this very podcast, Hammerstone. Yeah, man. This, this is going to be a hot battle. Um, Hammerstone, I've seen some of his stuff over there in PCW Ultra. Uh, and I know that he worked some, some uh, shows for WCWC, right? Yes, he has in the past, and he uh, is again, I believe, this uh, coming weekend. Yeah, this, this dude, he's making rounds. You know, he kind of changed up his look. He kind of looked like Triple H back in the day. They used to call him Single H. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had the so long hair. Like, yeah, he had the long hair and, you know, the beard. He, he did look like Triple H, like, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, he, he kind of did like a 180, changed everything, and... It seems like he's being more aggressive now with uh, as far as bookings go and getting his name out there, and I, I think it's uh, very smart of him. Well, just from talking to him, and you'll hear in a while, everyone will hear in a while, like uh, he gets into this uh, match of Shaft. He's looking forward to it. He knows it's going to be uh, a tough one, a big one for him. Yeah, I, I know this dude, Hammerstone, has a big following in uh, Portland based on those WCWC shows. And, of course, Shaft does, too. I, I think he has, like, a championship over there in DOA. And, you know, of course, Shaft also works Prestige over there and the Defy stuff, of course, right? So yeah. it should be. I, I think there might be, like, a split uh, house for this match. Could be, but man, it might not be one sided. We'll see. Uh, the, the ring might move over. The people might have to just get out of the way, kind of like when we see Brody and Schaff in there. The ring just starts moving inch by inch. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. We'll, we'll oh, see what man. happens. It should be a great battle. Yeah, 
I'd like to see the shaft come out on top again, but we'll see. But uh, since it's not his hometown for a change. But uh, the yeah. other match, the Defy World Heavyweight Championship, MJF challenging Artemis Spencer. That should be a good one. Yeah, it should be interesting, man. You know, MJF, uh, a recent signing for All Elite Wrestling. Uh, he's been getting a lot of momentum on his side. You know, he's been working a lot of different promotions. Uh, it seems like like uh, Cody's kind of taking him under his wing, you know. And uh, I, I really enjoy MJF's work. You know, he, he's a pro on the mic. It, it should be a good match. You know, him and Artie kind of faced each other in that six-man. I don't know if you remember that six-man oh, yeah. tag match that they had the at guns. Dubai where it was, uh, it, was it was MJF and the Guns versus Shane Strickland, Artemis Spencer, and Billy Swain, right? Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't there for that one. It was a good match, you know. So, so they might know each other's style already a little bit from that match alone. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on with these AEW guys. You know, I, I see a lot of them are working some indie shows. I don't know if it's like until uh, Double or Nothing happens, you know, or until they get the TV deal. But, you know, kind of let, let's enjoy these guys while we can, right? Right. Yeah, hopefully they'll let them work until at least they got all their stuff worked out, you know. Um, I know Jericho can still work with New Japan if he wants to through his contract. Yeah, Jericho, Jericho is on a different level. You know, Jericho is Jericho, but these guys, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, last time we had some AEW guys looked at a Dubai show, <laughs> the Young Bucks crashed it, right? And we, we came out on being the elite, me and you marking out right there. Yeah, we're a, we're a what do you call those, a little meme, a gif or whatever now? <laughs> we're a gif. You can see Mrs. Clam's hands, her arms, you know, flying around out of the excitement. Everybody just lost it, man. It was such a great moment. Well, it's the funniest thing about that is I was, like, talking about you on the podcast, how big your smile was and stuff, not knowing I had been jumping around with my arms up and down the whole time, too, which I saw on the gift. Yeah, man. You you kind of outshined me right there. I might have. I might (laughs) have. I think I even kind of slapped you in the back because you kind of turned around there for a second. I, I think I might have just turned around and been like, dude, like, this is actually happening right. kind of thing, you know? Trying to wake up in your bed the night before still like, oh, wait, that didn't happen yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say right yeah. here, Mrs. Clams called it. I remember you telling me that. You know? <laughs> so hey, I, I didn't want to get my hopes up just because, you know, I, you know, if it's not confirmed, I don't want to walk in there with high expectations. And be mad, like, if it doesn't happen, like, oh, like, that was a good show, but the Young Bucks didn't show up. Like, technically, they weren't supposed to show up, you know? Right, right, right. Well, you did have your but Young Bucks Funkos, though, with you, just in case, I saw. Which, which was a pain in the ass to have during the whole show, man. I don't know if you saw me moving around with the with the young, with the the young Funkos in my, in my hands, and then by the time it was time to leave, I almost left them on the chair. <laughs> oh, man. And almost got smashed one time when the wrestlers were over there, and you had to get out of your chair, too. I saw that. Yeah, during the, the championship match, I was, like, struggling to get my chair and my bag and, you know, the stuff that Nick gave me uh, just to move out of the way. I'm, I'm not really used to having stuff when I'm at the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, speaking of uh, all elite wrestling and double or nothing, I see you're kind of in, uh, making a decision on uh, Twitter. You don't know where to do that do pwg or there's one other one oh uh, the wrestling summit wrestle summit yeah i mean 
I'm kind of trying to be a little bit, uh, I don't want to travel as much this year. I want to save some money. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to decide one of the three. I think uh, Double or Nothing is going to win, though. That's Just the because one I've never been to Vegas. That might be dangerous. I might end up spending more money than I would have if I went to all three of those shows. So, yeah, you've never been to Vegas, buddy? <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. Uh, I love to play the slot machine, so I don't think that's the best place for me. <laughs> <laughs> You need me to pay, play a, a $5 uh, one for you this weekend, throw a five and see what happens for you? Yeah, do that for me and let me know how it goes, man. I, $5 wouldn't even warm me up, man. <laughs> That's it, dangerous. I've got it to that point, and I need to, I need to be careful. I need to chill out. See, it's good for me. I'm not much of a gambler. I'd rather just go, you know, I might play a quarter slot and just sit there for a little while when my, you know, wife and friends and everyone are doing some other stuff. But for me, it's more about maybe going to shows and going around and seeing stuff while I'm there, hitting in and out burger, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I hear there's plenty to do over there, you know, uh, food-wise, drink-wise, touristy-wise. I mean, I'm sure it's a good time to start the delay and all that. Yeah, they got a Beatles one that's supposed to be fantastic, which I would like to see. Yeah. I'd love to check that out, too, man. I love the Beatles. Right. Well, hey, if we get down there for the show, we might have to rendezvous, depending on the timing and everything. And uh, But, yeah, their tickets, by the way, they're going to say tomorrow, not tomorrow, excuse me, on Thursday at 7 p.m. Vegas time, I believe it is, they're going to announce when tickets are going to be on sale. You know where I'm going to be? I'm going to be in the damn plane on the way to Vegas as they're having this party. Oh, man, you're going to get off the plane with your, like, swim shorts and stuff. Floaty, <laughs> you're going to be ready to join them. That's right, that's right. They might be done partying time. I get there. My worst nightmare, though, <laughs> nightmare, is if they announce the tickets are on sale, like, right then, and I'm in the air. So, I don't think they'll do that. They'll wait for you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, man, because that would be, you know, because Defy does that shit to us sometimes, like, oh, tickets are on sale right now, and you're like, well, fuck, payday's not till Friday, man, I can't put any more on my credit card, shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, it can uh, be a little bit too much at times, I'll admit that, you know, <laughs> December was like, okay, we got the, the anniversary show, and then we got February, and then we got March, I'm like, yo, like, my wallet's feeling like, okay, what's going on, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, now try having a wife and kids and a mortgage and car payments, bro. At least you're young yet. You're still still working on your way up. <laughs> yeah, I still need to be smart with my money, man. Well, yeah, that way you have it uh, later. But anyway, so you sound like Double or Nothing is going to be the winner. What was the other ones? Uh, the Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah, PWG is doing their 200th uh, show March 1st. And then the day after, uh, GCW, Game Changer oh, Wrestling, right. is going to have their second show in L.A., too. So if I were to go to that, I would be doing both. Right, right. Well, I heard Amanda's got the hookups on the hotels or something. Yeah, I, I wish you would hook it up for Vegas, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure those are going to be expensive Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I should have booked it already like we did. Yeah, I need to look at flights, dude. Yeah, what's nice is my wife is an Alaska Airlines card. She uses for everything in business, too. So we only have to pay for one ticket, then we get a free ticket. You got that travel companion? <clears throat> yeah. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, man. It's a lot of save us some cash and then book in the hotel ahead of time. But uh, so you think Vegas will be the winner of those three, huh? 
Yeah, and, and if it does end up happening, we'll definitely get together, get some drinks, some food, get some stuff in over there in Vegas. It'll it'll happen, you know. Oh, yeah, but. get our pre-funk on. Because I'm yeah, sure if you're going to be there, Danny probably be there, eh? Uh, I'm sure a few of the Defiant members will be there. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll be represented all out there, brother. What about your boy from uh, California? Uh, which one? Oh, wait, yeah, the guy that's on the podcast with you. Sorry. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, I think he's trying to make it out there. We, we might have a, a little reunion over there. I'm not sure yet. Nice, nice, nice. Now that's going to be a freaking blast. And uh, So it's been announced the last couple days on uh, Twitter. Ring of Honor is coming to somewhere in the Northwest. Their first visit to the Northwest, man. That's, that's pretty big. Uh, Oregon and Washington is what we know so far. And it's going to happen in June. Dude, that would be bomb. I've never been able... I've, I don't even know if I've even watched a Ring of Honor actual pay-per-view live before. So being able to check this out, whether it's going to be you know anywhere around here, would be completely awesome man i started watching the uh the uh, weekly episodes a couple episodes ago on the uh, fight tv app yeah that's what i used to uh because if you try watching it on local tv the time slot is so bad oh yeah it's like like twelve thirty midnight i'm like nah man like i, remember I don't that. have time for that so. i used to record it with my dvr you know and it would come on and i don't know it just wasn't the same for me then but i've enjoyed the last couple ones i've watched yeah, I, I tune up the Fight TV like you do, and I just watch it there. Um, it's pretty big, man. It just shows the impact that all these promotions in Washington that we have, you know, it, it's making a change. It's making people see that, you know, if you bring it, people will come. Uh, progress, and now freaking ROH. Hopefully one day we'll get New Japan and AEW and all that other good stuff. You know, it, it, it's exciting. It is, man. Wrestling... In the Northwest and around the nation, I think it's at a all-time high that it's been at in a very long time. Maybe since you know the Monday Night Wars or something, you know. Just and they're signing up these guys like freaking hotcakes. They're getting signed like 1990 alternative grunge bands, dude. They're signing up everyone. I might, I, I might get signed next, dude. You don't know. You never know, man. Uh, maybe Hornswoggle get his himself an exclusive deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, the, it's very unpredictable right now, and, and in the age that we have where, you know, the technology is so big and the dirt sheets and Reddit and Twitter and all that, you know, to, to feel like you don't know exactly what's going to happen, that's exciting, dude. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of watching the days before the internet told you everything ahead of time, right? Yeah, where someone would show up at a show and no one in the arena had any idea it was going to happen no one has a sign these days someone shows up half the crowd's already got signs and they knew he was coming and i love that old stuff where it was such a major surprise especially you know back in nitro and the raw days monday night wars you never know who was showing up where i was actually uh re-watching the monday night wars docuseries that's on the network oh i love that uh i'm like on episode four right now like i was watching it over the weekend and it's just interesting to me, you know, like I, I wasn't really old enough at the time when all that stuff was going on to really understand it. But now, you know, kind of looking back at it and seeing the similarities now and what's going on with wrestling today, it's got me hyped, man. 
Dude, it's insane. Uh, I love those uh, documentaries like that on the uh, Monday night. Some of the stuff is a... Some stories have changed since then, you know, because, you know, all these podcasts and stuff these days. And But I really, really enjoyed seeing all the backstage interviews and all that kind of stuff. Not all that stuff you never got to see when it was happening at the time, you know. Yeah, you know, kind of understanding why they did certain things or how it affected them. It, it's really interesting. You were a young man when the Monday Night Wars were going on. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> I... I probably wasn't even supposed to be watching that kind of stuff around the time, you know, the Attitude Era and all that, but... Oh, especially the Attitude Era stuff. Damn. <laughs> but if you ever... I don't know how much uh, you get into reading uh, biographies and stuff, and but I'm right now I'm reading Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Interval Collapse, uh, and it's been pretty good so far. I'm just uh, a couple of chapters into it so far. It's a good one. I'm always looking for books to read, man, so I might check that out. Yeah, and you can get it on your phone, you know, Kindle kind of thing with the app or whatever. For sure, for sure. So, what the hell? So, Ring of Honor coming to the Washington, Portland area. And what did you did we get dates on that yet? No dates yet. Just gotcha. uh, confirmed that it's in June. So, got to stay up to date, you know, on Twitter, follow Ring of Honor and see what's going on. You know, speaking of things coming to town, there, is it in June or July where Defy has uh, one of those two-night things that they haven't announced anything for? That's in July. Uh, it's pure speculation right now. You know, some people think it's going to be like a tournament. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Ring of Honor making their, their presence known in the Pacific Northwest is kind of like a hint at uh, Ring of Honor working with Defy, I don't know. These guys always seem to, like, be magicians and pull some rabbits out of hats and do stuff that we've never even imagined. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, man. <laughs> and, hey, buddy, I'm going to have to let you go. We've been going about 20 minutes. I got a whole big old podcast to put out here for everyone on uh, episode 100 so far. I got... You, the man that's been on more Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcasts than anyone, and has, along with me and around Seattle, Nick, the number one podcast ever, by the way. Also, we got Nick Radford coming on, Tectonic, and Hammerstone. And, uh, man, I just want to thank you for your support for these couple years that we've known each other, uh, watching wrestling, Defy, uh, doing the podcast here and there. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you as a friend and Defiance family member. Uh, thank you, man. Thank, thank you for taking me into consideration for this uh, episode. You know, I appreciate you. It's always been a blast recording these and, and talking about wrestling and shooting the shit. Uh, here's to a, another hundred more, man. I hope so, man. I hope so. And uh, speaking of uh, podcasts, what's that little podcast you and uh, your boys are doing right now? Uh, we're doing a, a podcast called The Grab Attack. It's focused on hip-hop. And wrestling, all kinds of wrestling, you know, if we see something worth talking about, you know, news-wise, it's just myself and two other friends, we, we discuss uh, regular topics, no BS, we have fun, you know, it's just like a regular conversation between three dudes. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, we're on other platforms, you know, just kind of starting right now, I, if you could check it out, I'd appreciate it. I'm still waiting on, on your review of the second episode, man. Get get back to me when you have a chance. I will get through it, my friend. I promise. Sounds good, brother. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. And, uh, hey, man, uh, have a good night. 
safe on your uh, rest of your drive home, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You too, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, this is uh, another piece of the episode number 100, and I'm so happy this guy's on it. Uh, He's done a couple things wearing one of my shirts recently, and I thank him for that. And he also brought me some beer from the Heavy Metal Brewing Company in Vancouver, Washington recently, and uh, I really appreciated that. And my man Tectonic's on tonight to talk uh, a little bit of wrestling. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? What's going on? Oh, just chilling up here, man. How's the? Is there some snow down in Vancouver? What's going on down there? We've had some snow. I couldn't go to work Monday. Uh, yesterday was a little icy, but uh, made it in yesterday and today, and uh, is what it is, I guess. You know us; we can't drive around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a. It's weird. I was I was at work, and we were. I even went to work extra early because I'm like, I don't want to deal with crazy people on the road, so I'm going to go in super early. I get there. Everything's fine up until about two o'clock. Then I look out the out of one of our bay doors, and the snow is coming down sideways. <laughs> oh, that was. And I was like, "Where, where did this even come from?" <laughs> but it didn't stick. It didn't stick. It just was. It was really powdery. But again, I guess uh, in the night it it got a little wet because I woke up and there was about an inch of snow on everything, but there was mo- mostly just ice everywhere. Mm, mm, mm. It had to snow again today, but it didn't last very long. So you were able to drive and get around? Oh, yeah. No chains, and I got this little baby car, and I'm still just swerving in and out of people. Just, you know, slide it in and out and keep going. Oh, wait, that sounded weird. Never yeah. mind. Um, <laughs> but anyway, man, uh, have you been back to Heavy Metal Brewing Company recently? I have, actually. So it's, it's funny you ask, because... Um, when I left, they were like, you going to drink all this by yourself? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I have a, one is a big thank you, one is for me, and one's for my good buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. I really enjoyed that. It was, uh, I don't know, remember which IPA you brought me, but it was uh, very much tasty. It was gone uh, pretty much by the next afternoon, I think. That's wonderful. I, I can't remember what it was. I think I want to say it's, they call it, uh, I think it's called like the Russian IPA, I believe. I'm not for sure. Oh. They have so many. Uh-oh. They make them all building, too. Nice. Now, whatever it was, it was uh, fabulous, and I thank you for the gift, and also thank you for uh, wearing my shirts and some uh, some uh, vignettes that you've done recently. I really appreciate that. And, uh, dude, uh, <laughs> yeah. what's uh, going on down there in Oregon with the Oregon Wrestling Club? Uh, I see it on Twitter, Facebook. Can't get a lot of people to talk about it, but uh looks freaking awesome. You know, it's uh it's probably one of the best things that's happened locally in a really long time. And it's I wanna chalk it up to the simple fact that it's not click based, which seems to be a, a growing popular trend. And I think that's why a lot of people either aren't talking about it or are choosing not to talk about it. And it's because they're not asking the questions. I've, I've had to straighten a lot of people out because they want to just assume things and just tell people what they think when they're just completely wrong. But I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's definitely... <clears throat> a, lot of people, a lot of people are complaining. Oh, it's just going to be old school wrestling. 
But if you think about what happened, so we had a we had the very first event just barely a couple weeks ago, and it was hard hitting. It was Smash Mouth. It was it was basically wrestling embodied in a debut event. We had we had a ton of premier athletes bringing back the sport of what everyone originally has fallen in love with. And if you want to call that old school, good for you. What we called it was pro wrestling. And that's exactly what we did, and that's how we fit so many people into a gym and got so many people hooked from the second the the announcer started talking to the very end of the match in the main event when I'm dripping blood down my face and I'm calling it out my opponent, I'm telling him this is unfair because my match got thrown out due to blood loss. The ref had to stop it. And I'm, I'm sitting there complaining, like just telling everybody, I didn't, I didn't give up. The ref had to stop it. I understand everyone's frustrated. And I, I begged and pleaded rematch for next month. It got okayed. So here we're going to go. So in a couple of weeks, I'll be back in the ring. I'll be facing Todd Royce all over again. And this time, <laughs> I try, I'm try. i going to try not to bleed and get jumped <laughs> by Foreman. Is this going to be just, what am I trying to say? Is it going to be extreme? Is it going to be no DQ? Is it just going to be mano y mano, just go at it kind of thing? No gimmicks? Well, I asked for a one-on-one, and that's what I got. So at this point, I'm I'm gonna I'm assuming it's gonna be a singles match, which is what it was supposed to be in the first place. So I w- I was essentially asking for redemption to start over because this 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 match did not happen anywhere near the way I expected or anywhere expe- else expected it. You know, like my crying mom who's sitting in the crowd because her son's bleeding all over the floor. Oh my. Man. She didn't. She didn't come all the way from Nebraska to watch me bleed all over the floor, but that's what she got because pro wrestling. Are we going to get her back to the rematch so she can seal, seal, so she can see the real tectonic? I mean, if the funds are in the right place, she she's totally down. I mean, she she was telling me it was hard, and she was shaking in her seat because she wanted to run in the back because she she's. She's essentially a doctor. I mean, not really, but she's been a nurse for like 30-some years, and she works hand-in-hand with doctors and all this other stuff. <laughs> EMT certified, all this nonsense. But she could fix pretty much anything. Whoa. And she was, she was like, I could have stapled you back up and closed your head real quick. I was so nervous. I'm like, no, Mom, it's okay. That's- I laying on the floor with an ice pack. They, they hooked me up in the back. They cleaned me up good. They put a bandage on my head. I was okay. <laughs> All right, I, I feel good about your uh, health now. Your mom's there, ready to staple your ass up. Not your ass, but your head. But, uh, like, who else has that? Like, there might be an ENT or a nurse or, or whatever. But your mom's there, and she's a nurse, and she's ready to staple you up. And, by the way, I work with doctors and nurses every day and medical assistants. It's usually the nurses and medical assistants that are really doing the main job. Yes, the other guys have the... The, uh, you know, the, the, the brain of, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? The, they have the degrees, the medical degrees, but the other ones are doing the work. Well, yeah. It's like, it's, a, it's, you know, similar to like army tactics, your general, your generals and all them guys, they're going to sit in a tent, but all, all the underlings are going to go out and do all the fighting. <laughs> that is right, man. So 
you know, you said that match between you and Todd Royce was pretty crazy. Top choice, Todd Royce. I want to make sure I get his name right here, you know. But I saw yeah, some you, other stuff on there. There was yeah. the, the Blanchard brothers came in because there was a change in the tag thing. Uh, didn't we have King oh. Cash and HB Quiz? Or, you know, am I asking too many questions at once? I'm sorry. So you you were close. You, well, you got that right about HB uh, Quiz came in, uh, and him and Cash did a match. Um, <clears throat> so very very first match was Cameron Starr and Max Burnside. And they did a 20, they scheduled 20 minute match. They went the whole distance to a time limit draw. Very first match, 20 minutes, and the crowd was screaming, five more minutes. And people, and people were complaining, oh, it's just going to be old school. Sure, they did, uh, headlocks and groundwork and technical stuff, but they also were running off the ropes, jumping off the top turnbook. I mean, these guys were doing literally everything. Everything. That's why it's crazy to me that people automatically assume what a promotion is going to do, just based on what the very first card looks like. That we're we're in a time and a location where you have to support pro wrestling because we're all literally in this together. We all have to build on each other. That's how we're successful not hoarding talent and shutting down people because we don't like one or two things or people. It's a sticky thing. Second match, we had our first uh, Oregon Wrestling uh, Academy graduate have a match. His very first, that was his debut. That was Deontay Ford. Shout out to Deontay Ford. (laughs) And he wrestled uh, Robert Rotten. Uh, that was that was a that was a tough match because I mean Robert is he's no punk he's built <laughs> a free back truck <laughs> and poor Deontay <laughs> getting his feet wet against a Mack truck <laughs> oh man so he held that. his own I got I got to give him that he did he did great for for a debut match <laughs> so what was up with that tag match again. Yep, that's the next one. So then they had the HB quiz cash. Then after that, the semi-main was uh, four minutes of heat with Ricky Gibson and Eddie Pearl against uh, Jeremy Blanchard, who was the fill-in for Tyson Lee, who busted up his hand just a few days before the the debut, which is super unfortunate. Um, And uh, his tag partner was Critter who was an original Portland wrestling guy going back to Sandy Bars wrestling. He's also the same exact guy that I named and dropped when we first did our very first little podcast. Nice. I don't know if you remember that. We talked about Sandy Bars Flea Market, and I talked about Critter, because he came in with the prison jumpsuit and everything. <laughs> That's it was badass, dude. The crowd was nuts. They went ape shit. It was crazy. Well, just uh, real quick, sorry to interrupt you, but that's what I also liked about hearing about this show, that they paid homage to the old Portland wrestling, you know, Don Owen, Sandy Barr, because that's what I'm all about. That's where, you know, I came from back in the day. I'm forty, almost 47, by the way, in a couple months. But uh, I love that. Yeah, man, it was it was absolutely beautiful. Ken Stillwell uh, was uh, doing all of the announcing and everything. He was just working double time up there. Um, we had Don Koss. 
he he gave the okay, but I guess his GPS took him some weird direction, and he was on. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to show up. Oh, that's too bad. I love that, that guy. He used to work with so, Dutch Savage, Stan Stasiak, just announcing all the matches back in the day on Portland Wrestling, which was big time wrestling up here. So, love that they're paying homage to that man. And uh, what else you got about that show that you want to get off your chest, if you will? <laughs> um, I know uh, there were there were a lot of fans asking about uh, where everyone trains at and location all that and we just pointed right back at the ring that's exactly where we train and it's every week uh if anyone listening is interested or is already wrestling and just needs more ring time by all means hit up the oregon wrestling club page and reference training ask about it and i'm sure there's always going to be a spot open i mean it's an, it's an open ring um the the next the second event is actually in a couple of weeks it's on the twenty third and it's gonna be spicy. <laughs> it's gonna be spicy. <laughs> That's February the twenty third at the Pacific Northwest Premier Athletes take part in the extravaganza oh, yeah. at the Rockwood Prep Atoria Academy. I think yep. I said preparatoria wrong. Preparatory. <laughs> Preparatory Academy, and uh, <clears throat> besides me taking on Todd Royce again, it's we have our second Oregon Wrestling Academy graduate having their debut match against <laughs> a legend, Malia Hosaka. Oh, I saw that here on the old uh, intro net. Oh yeah, the internet's it's it's created quite the buzz. It's 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 getting wild. I I was also told that uh, uh there's a flyer. I think there's a flyer that's already been put out. I believe I haven't I haven't seen it myself yet, but I'm almost positive there's a flyer out. If anything, it's probably on the page already on all on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all under Oregon Wrestling uh, Club. But right now, those are the only only matches that I know of because they're the only ones that have been announced, those two. Well, it'll be a, a surprise for the rest of them. But uh, these tickets are phenomenal, man. They're only 16 bucks if you get them now. At the door that day, 18 bucks. I mean, that's a freaking bargain for a night of a couple, three hours of wrestling, right? Yeah, and it's 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 not like... It's not like it's breaking the bank. You're you're not paying a whole lot if you if you hit the pre-sale. Yeah, you save a couple dollars, but again, it's a couple dollars that you didn't have to spend in the first place. Hey, that's two bucks or four bucks if you're getting you know a couple tickets or six bucks or eight bucks that you could yeah. spend on maybe uh, you know some some kind of food or some pre-funk or you know whatever a yeah. latte. <laughs> we- Whatever, a hot dog, I don't know. Is there concessions but, there, by the way? There is. There are, I mean. There is, there, there are, are, there will be. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> and hey, real quick, man, uh, probably got to wind this down. I told you I'd only keep you a little bit. You told me something other stuff was going on. I got some other stuff going on. But the uh, how's that tag team scene in the NWWA, you and Julian, man? Uh, did you get the belts? 
Man, oh, you said a couple minutes, and I could go on for at least another 30 on that. Well, we'll have to save that for another time, but just give it, you know, in a quick outline. I'll give you the quick outline. So we had uh, we had the no DQ match because we'd, we'd had our promos, and we talked to the owner and WWE, and we're like, hey, this this is getting out of control. They beat us with a run-in. They beat us with interference. They beat us by cheating. It's just one after the next after the next. You're just upping their 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 underhanded tactics, and it's getting old real fast. So we need something that's going to be in our favor. So we get the no DQ match. We beat them for the belt in the no DQ match. So we were ch- we were the tag team champions. But let's pump the brakes. <laughs> Very beginning of the of the night, they had a, a rumble. Uh, Black Sheep, Dave Turner, and Chris Reisick ended up winning because they were the they were the the last ones in there, and they wanted to unify themselves instead of it just being a one person wins all. They conned their way into having it be two people. So they won, and the second the ref counted three, when I was pit- pinning Billy Pearl after I power bombed him onto a pile of tacks, as soon as the ref counted three and handed us the belt, I turn around and here's Dave Turner blasting me in the face. Then I get power bombed in tacks, and we lost. Oh damn! So we were champs for about thirty seconds. That Dave Turner, but nevertheless. The chase continues. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man, and uh, you get after those guys. I believe in uh, you and Julian, two guys that have uh, been on my podcast and always been very kind to me. And, uh, dude, I really appreciate you coming on here for episode 100, giving me 10, 15, 20 minutes, what's ever been going here. And uh, I appreciate what you do and uh, can't wait to see you again soon. What's going on uh, on the horizon? You got the Oregon show, Oregon Wrestling Club. Probably some NWWA coming up. Anything else going on? Uh, I'm uh, I'm rapid firing a lot of emails out, so I'm trying to I'm trying to expand my bookings as much as possible, and I'm trying to start getting work out of state. So I'm trying to creep my way into California, and I'm trying to creep my way out east as far as I can go. But as we all know, that's a slow process. But I'm very patient, and that's also. <laughs> almost a hindrance on my end, but it's okay because I know that things take time and I will, I will gladly pay my dues. All right, man, I'm going to let you go. You go get to your, uh, thing that you told me you had to do. I'm going to go do that thing I got to do. And, uh, thanks again, buddy. And I'll see you soon. I appreciate it a lot, man. Take care. You're welcome. Bye. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 
So hey, this is the L Train. We're back for another uh, great edition. Uh, when this podcast come out, this will be the 100th episode. And uh, my guest was gracious enough to give me some time this uh, week. He's coming to town. You're going to see him at Defy, West Coast Wrestling Connection, and without a cause, up in Everett, the one and only Hammerstone. Man, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Like I said, you know, we got some decent weather up here. We had some sun for a few days. It's not not warm or anything. What's going on in the Phoenix weather down there? Uh, well, we're about the mid-70s, so I can't... <laughs> no, I guess not, man. That must be nice. So is it, is it pretty much like that year-round, or does it get really hot in the summer there? Or? It gets uh, miserably hot, but I've traveled to snowy states, and I can't stand that, so I'm just <laughs> I'm not going to complain about the heat. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Seattle much? I have. Uh, it's uh, a lot of gray, a lot of rain, but, you know, I, I, I like it up there. Yeah, that's it's pretty... not too often. It's pretty nice. It doesn't rain as much as uh, people say it does. Uh, you guys ever get much rain down there in Zona? Uh, you know, like uh, once or twice a decade. <laughs> does everyone just run out in it, kind of grab, rub some on you a little bit to know what it feels like? Because uh, up here, it's you know, a lot of uh, a lot of time. It's you know, it doesn't rain up here as much as everyone thinks it does. It rains a lot, but not too bad. But you know. Once you go out in a few days and it's raining sideways and it's hitting you in the face a few times, you get tired of going out for a while. Exactly. <laughs> so what's up? Did you uh, watch the Royal Rumble the other night at all? I did watch the Royal Rumble. I'm, uh, I have a, I don't watch WWE quite as much as I used to, but I always make a point to watch the Rumble. So. Yeah, I usually do that too. If nothing else, I watch the Rumble and WrestleMania. I actually had to, uh, I had canceled it a while ago just because I wasn't watching anything and I've got these other you know, subscriptions to all the other wrestling things, you know. So I kind of had to cut that yeah. out for a while, but I wanted to check it out. But I was like, you know, if we sign up under this other email and this credit card, we'll get another free 30-day trial. So we did that. <laughs> we kind of turned it on halfway through. I saw the two big, uh, you know, the WWE match and the or the WWE title match and the Universal title match, and I saw the Men's Royal Rumble. But uh, I thought that was all pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the pay-per-view as a whole was way too fucking long. I'll say that much. Uh, no matter how good the wrestling is, six hours of wrestling is too much in my book. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, not really surprised that Seth Rollins won or anything like that. But I did like Finn Balor and uh, Brock Lesnar. I got to say, even though Finn got yeah, kind of tossed around, uh, but I thought I he did well. They, uh, they definitely stole a stole a show. That match for me was easily the match of the night. Yeah, when they first talked about it, I was like, oh, man, no, really? And then, man, he actually did good. I knew Lesnar would win, obviously, but, you know, it still was a great, great match. Yeah, yeah but Lesnar, man, he he made Finn look like a fucking million dollars while still looking completely unbeatable. So anyone who says Lesnar ain't a good worker is, a, is a, an idiot. <laughs> you know, I don't think he's not a bad worker. I think sometimes he's just maybe not into it here and there. I don't know, maybe too many matches with Reigns. But when he took on AJ, was that last year? And even Daniel Bryant yeah. earlier this year, those were good matches. Yeah. Especially that AJ Styles uh, one. I thought that was phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you watch that kind of stuff. So uh, did you grow up down in Phoenix? Where are you from? Yeah, I mean, I've been an uh, Arizona boy my whole life. Arizona Cardinal fan? I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not really big into any sports. Just the rest, pro wrestling is, a, is enough to keep me, uh, <laughs> that keeps my attention span pretty good. <laughs> so when you were uh, when you grew up down there, you're going to junior high, high school, sports weren't your thing? Were you uh, busy watching wrestling on TV like uh, some of us? 
Well, I mean, I uh, I always wanted to be an athlete when I was in school, but I was like the like I would like you know like some kids go into play sports like very casually and just like are naturally good at things. Mm-hmm. I never played anything casually. I like, tried my hardest, and I was so awful at most things. Oh, and uh, I eventually uh, got into music, and I was like a musician all through school. And uh, I really, uh, it was like towards the end of high school where I started like really getting into like uh, amateur wrestling and lifting weights and bodybuilding and all that stuff before I transitioned into pro wrestling. And it was a very slow process to actually become an athlete. So, <laughs> I, mean, I, I wasn't born like this overnight. I'm not one of those guys who can pretend I've, I've always been talented and better than everybody. <laughs> so when you're back in high school, were you were you as tall as you were now, or did that kind of grow a little later? Or? Yeah. So you were kind of long, uh, yeah. lanky, and awkward. I was I was tall. I was, I was lanky and awkward. I I uh I remember my senior year of high school, the first day of my weight training. We all had to weigh in, and I remember I was 138 pounds at six feet tall. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so I was, I was a pretty scrawny little dude, but. Yeah, I was like five it's seven. Been a process. I weighed one hundred and forty five. I was like sophomore, I think. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you must have been really thin. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, back then, I just wanted to have, I wanted to have some abs, and that's about it. So once you started hitting the weights, did that did that part kind of come natural to you? The the weightlifting once you really got into it and had your mindset. Uh, well, I mean, I I, uh, I got into like the weightlifting, and, like I said, kind of just wanted to be uh, like leaner and muscular but still like i didn't want to gain weight i didn't want to get bigger i was like very adamant about like i was running like five miles a day and then uh i think i think really seeing like the movie 300 probably oh god (laughs) for me and i saw that i was like man these guys are awesome and i kind of just started eating a lot of food and doing the exact same thing i was doing and pretty much Probably the first time someone looked at me and was like, hey, man, you're getting bigger. Like, something in my head got, like, that positive, like, you know, endorphin rush from hearing that, and there was just no turning back. And I was like, <laughs> So I, I wouldn't necessarily say it came easy or it came natural, because, like, I was, like, in the gym, like, five hours a day when I first started, like, obnoxious amounts of time, and I would just eat as much as I could. So it, it didn't come easy, per se, but... I really enjoyed doing it. I finally had something that, like, I was becoming good at and getting recognized for. So, was there? Uh, I uh, I was like holding ahead. Was there someone giving you advice on what to do, or did you just kind of figure it out on your own? Because I don't know. When I was I mean, younger, I, I, I didn't really it. know what to I walk took, in and do. So, yeah, I mean, I took you know high school weight training and stuff like that. So you know, you have your coaches and stuff, and then. Once I really started getting into it, you know, I, I got into bodybuilding, and I became, you know, I was searching the internet all the time and just learning kind of as I go, and then, then later when I got into pro wrestling, I had people teaching me how to do certain stuff that applied more to, you know, being an athlete and not just being a big hunk of muscle. So were you just eating anything, just bags of McDonald's, whatever your parents cook, just like uh, as much as you no, can? I was, I was, I was a, a healthy your guy, uh, but I did some really gross stuff because, like I said, I you know I was really small and I just remember like doing the stupid like cans of tuna. I'd just open them and like <laughs> throw the can on off and chew it up and then like wash it down with like vanilla weight gainer and it was just gross. I remember 
I had a job. I was a busboy at a restaurant, and I just remember we had these little black aprons. Then we had three pockets in them. One, and I would keep my like busboy towel in the middle one. And the other two, the first thing I do when I got to work was I grab a plastic bag and I staple them to the inside of my pocket. Oh. And I would just walk by the cook line, you know, twenty times a night and just peek my head and say, "Hey, you guys got anything extra?" And they would just like dump handfuls of mashed potatoes or chicken <laughs> or fried shrimp or anything they had. I just had like a, I didn't even know what was in my pockets. It was just gonna be random food. I just reach and just constantly reaching in there and eating whatever they put because I was just so desperate to gain weight. Oh, that's crazy! And you, that was in high school, or just out of high school, or uh, that, was, that was in high school, just out of high school. I mean, I graduated high school young because I was like a super brain, so I graduated when I was like sixteen. Four point oh, yeah, four point two. I took honors, man. <laughs> Damn, four point two, not just you know four point oh. You had to be Hammerstone. But, but don't worry, I, I threw away it all to pursue pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you take that? Uh, well, let's get there. When did you um, start watching pro wrestling? When did you start noticing uh, it that you liked it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I have memories of watching it like for as long as I can basically remember. But uh, definitely, the Attitude Era uh, got me. I remember growing up, like DX was like the coolest thing in the world for sure. <laughs> DX, the Hardy Boys, those that always like. Is a big memory for me, but uh, I grew up, we didn't have any cable, so we couldn't watch Raw, we couldn't watch, like, we had to stay up, like, super late on, like, Saturdays to watch, like, Shotgun Saturday Night or yep. Sunday Night Heat or whatever, <laughs> whatever the shows were, that were on at the time, you know, and half the time I couldn't make it to stay up, or I'd see half the episode and fall asleep, but it's funny, like, in retrospect, because, like, we'd only see, like, the highlights of the stars, you know, we'd right. only see, like, the previously on Raw, and they'd show the highlights of whatever Stone Cold was doing or whatever. And then, like, the coolest guys to me were, like, Gangrel and Test and D'Lo Brown because they were, like, the mid-carters. But on those shows, they were, like, the main event. You know? Right, right. They were the ones doing the main event shows on those. You'd only get maybe one or two matches on there. And like you said, the rest was um, reviews. I'm also kind of like yeah. superstars in the challenge back in the day, if you know what I'm talking about, those uh, back in the like the eighties, that was was on like Saturday nights or whatever it was, and it would be an hour long, and you'd get a couple decent matches in there, but the most of them were just the enhancement talent getting beat the hell out of you know. <laughs> so, and that was basically a commercial to get you to watch the big show or you know buy the pay per view, of course. Exactly, <laughs> and then uh, I was basically into wrestling uh, from then on, but you know I kind of got out of it a little bit on high school and you know interestingly enough like being in like getting into weightlifting and bodybuilding i ended up seeing like john cena videos a lot mm. and i was like he kind of like sucked me back into the world of pro wrestling and I'm, it became like man I, I think i could do this i think i want to try this he uh he came so from a, being a up. weird roundabout way john cena is responsible for my career because <laughs> <laughs> he kind of he came from the weightlifting world right yeah. Yeah, I remember like seeing some shots of him in some of those, you know, the biographies or documentaries or whatever on WWE Network, and he was just freaking ripped. I mean, he's still ripped, but yeah. back then it was like the the bodybuilder ripped, you know, where everything's sticking out. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. So, uh, who were some of your? Uh, well, you said Hardy Boys. Who were some of your other favorites back then? And it sounds like you were more of a WWE guy, right? Because maybe uh, 
nitro wasn't quite it was probably gone maybe when you're into this stuff or it was just fading maybe no no I mean, it, it, it was still around but uh we didn't get it um oh that's right you didn't have the cable, and so. I, didn't, I didn't i didn't catch much of it um i mean i still was familiar with a couple of people but yeah i was more of a wwe guy and like interestingly enough like from what i first like got into versus like what i was later into are like complete opposites so i grew up like my favorites when I was like first watching were like X Pac and Jeff Hardy, right? And then like versus like who I was into later it was like Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Kurt Angle, like the complete like polar opposite styles of wrestling, styles of body, everything. <laughs> so, uh, so you're watching. You said you're out of it for a while. You're doing the the bodybuilding, uh, getting ready, and uh, saw John Cena get you back into it. What was going on at that point? in wrestling when John Cena sucked you into it? Um, let's, let's see. I mean, that's like right when I was like out of high school. It's got to be like around 2008, 2009. And, uh, cause that was at a time. I think I know, wasn't watching that, it much either. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much when, when Cena was the top guy and he was on top. And like, I had never even seen indie indie wrestling. Like I didn't even know what indie wrestling was. Like I, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, like, I had no idea how to crack into the business. I had no idea what schools were. And uh, I just kind of, by ch- like, I was planning on moving to Texas because I couldn't find anywhere in Arizona to train. I was, like, Googling places and nothing showed up. The only thing I could find was, like, Booker T had a school in Texas. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess I got to move there. And I'm, like, saving my money. And I kind of posted on my social media at the time that I wanted to be a wrestler. And, like, somebody at the gym was like, hey, I have a friend who has a friend who does that, I think, and kind of put me in touch, and I ended up finding a place to train in Arizona. And uh, what's, the na- what's the name of that school, if you want to say, and uh, who did you train with there? Um, well, this, it, I ended up, the first person I trained with, his name was Vince Vega, and he actually recently passed away. Um, but he was my first trainer, and he was, like, he was so instrumental, like, in who I am now. If it wasn't for him, like, after after training with him, I ended up moving it on to the original championship wrestling from Arizona school. Um, and that was great, but if it wasn't for Vega, I, would, I wouldn't have hate it. Like, I, I know it, because he was just such a hard-ass and so old school and made me do things like, like such a process, you know, to like, earn your time in the ring and all this stuff. You know, it sucked because he beat the crap out of me and he pushed me until I puked or passed out and all this stuff. But, like, nowadays I see the guys get into schools and it's just so easy and they still complain. And I'm just like, man, if you had to, like, go through the shit that I went through to, to just to get in, just to be allowed to do this, you know, like, the respect you have for it and, the, like, the you just take it so much more serious, you know. Uh, but I trained with him first, and uh, after probably a year of training with him, I ended up going to this other school, Championship Wrestling from Arizona School. They had trainers like Lawrence Tyler, Hawaiian Lion. Um, and then since then, I trained there for another year or two, probably. And then since then, you know, I, I still pop in and out of the Arizona School. I've been to a lot of seminars and trainings here and there, but those were the places that got me started. So what was the hardest part for you, man? Was it, uh, like you said earlier, you weren't the best athlete, but you finally got your body tuned up. Like doing the, the moves and the, you know, 
all that kind of stuff in the ring? Was it hard for you to get down at first, or were you already in such good shape? It was came a little bit easier. Well, to I, you? I think that I think that was kind of hard because like my whole thing was like I was always lifting with the intent of being a wrestler, but like that's the thing. Like I always in my head, like all I knew was WWE. So every wrestler I saw was huge, you know, and I thought if I'm going to do this, I got to be a big old guy. So I was, you know, 220 pounds before I even decided to go to a wrestling school. And then I see all these little twerks, basically. And I think, wow, we're going to be walking the park. And then they start, you know, doing the rolls and, you know, the simple things, hitting the ropes, taking bumps. And I'm just getting my ass kicked. And it was just such a shock for my body. And I think, like, at that time, I think it was just such a mental abuse because, in my head, I put so much time in to build up, you know, my strength and my conditioning and all this stuff. And then I'm doing these things that people are making look simple, and it's kicking my ass. I'm, I'm waking up the next day to go to my, my jaw that I can't move my neck, mm. and I'm, you know, having to lift my leg with my own hand to, like, put it on the brake pedal in my car. Like, I just, Damn. my body had never been that sore before. Man. And uh, these these things that people were making look simple were just so hard for me. And luckily, my trainer was really patient because, like, I, you know, some things, you know, some things came quick, but some things just came extra slow for me. But I was, you know, determined to do it. So I, I didn't quit on it, but I, I do know that I have students nowadays, like, coming to our school and I see them pick up things that took me twice as long, but, you know, hey, I never quit. <laughs> so it was rough on your body, but uh, how was your cardio? You said you were doing a lot of running and stuff like that. Were you blowing up a little bit, or was uh, the cardio okay? Yeah, I mean, the thing, well, the thing about wrestling is there's nothing like it. Like, so even if some, you know, someone has good cardio, once you start rolling in the ring, it's, you know, the, the vertigo or, like, the rattling of your head and taking bumps and stuff and you it's hard to stay calm and keep like a steady breath so i was getting blown up and thrown up every single night <laughs> was it uh hard to keep your weight up when you were doing all that training or were you just going home and just eating yeah. as what you could yeah it, it, oh god it was it was disgusting because I, at the time i worked a job uh and so i was working basically 7 a.m to about 3 or 4 p.m and then I'd go straight from work. I'd have my gym bag with me. I'd go straight from work to the gym, lift weights for about two hours, and go straight to training from 7 to 10 at night. And I'd try to eat in between them. And, like, a lot of times I'd, like, on the way home from work, I'd tell my girlfriend, or my, the way home from training, I'd tell my girlfriend, like, have dinner ready. And I'd stop on the way home at, you know, Taco Bell or Wendy's, and I'd just get, like, 10 tacos and eat them on the way home and then get home and eat whatever dinner she made and then just fall asleep and do it all over again and it was just it was so rough but that's the thing like they told me like you know hey you know you need to come to training two three days a week but in my head i needed to go five days a week because i wanted to like i wanted to be a wrestler like right away you know and i wanted to get good at it and i was like and and you know in retrospect, looking back, it probably would have been a lot more beneficial for me to get some more rest, you know, because I'd, like, push <laughs> myself into the ground, but that's just the way I had to do it at the time. Well, did there come a time, though, you realized you needed to take a couple more days off or another day off a week to save your body? Or I mean, you just, you just I said, got fuck to the it. point, event, 
I, 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 I think I got to the point eventually where I became one of the, you know, guys who actually kind of knew what I was doing in class. So instead of being the guy just going, 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 it became like, you know, we do the warm-ups, I do this, and I was helping the younger kids. And you just become a little bit, like, training became a little bit less physically strenuous for me, you know, but I was always, I was still always there. Any uh, training buddies at that time or before that that, uh, you know, really helped you out besides the um, trainers? Well, when I got to championship wrestling from Arizona, when I got to their school, um, I met Joe Graves, who has been my on-and-off tag team partner for a couple of years. I've had big feuds with him at FSW and AWS and, you know, PCW. Um, so I met him there, and I, we, like, he was like my enemy, like, out the gate, because <laughs> everywhere I'd gone, I had been like, you know, the big guy. Like, everyone would be, oh, Hammerstone's big. He's going to, you know, he can look out for this kid because, you know, he's got such a good physique. And then uh, I get there, and Joe was just as big as me, but he knew how to wrestle way better than me. And he was a hard-ass, like, trainer. And, like, well, because he was, like, pretty much their top student, you know. So a lot of times he'd be running drills, and he would just, like, he was so hard on me, and I was like, this asshole and also i just wanted to always outdo him so i was just like we were like constantly in competition with each other <laughs> but like eventually we were like naturally became friends because we were just like the two hardest workers you know and uh we also like you know pro wrestling ends up putting you in some weird situations with some weird people and you know we always found ourselves like stuck in these positions and we had to kind of hold on to each other and we eventually became pretty much best friends. So you go on from being jealous of each other, hating each other, beating the hell out of each other, to being pals. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he's, uh, he's been my road wife for, what, five years now? <laughs> nice, nice, nice road trips. Do you guys like those road trips? you just sit around and talk wrestling the whole time? Do you get, Are you a guy that shuts up in the cars, sleeps, or? Uh, it depends on who I'm rolling with. Uh I went through a phase where I always tried to take green kids with us and get them to drive. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, whatever, I try to help out and, you know, pass whatever little knowledge I think I have down to them. Uh, or, but nowadays, you know, we, we catch up and then shut up, go to sleep. I'm big on, like, letting people sleep because I know, like, a lot of people don't believe in that. They say, you know, you can't sleep in the car, but, you know, our schedules get so demanding. Like, anyone who's like, oh, don't let anyone sleep in the car is like, okay, well, you obviously don't wrestle very often. Or you're the <laughs> guy that has two, two bookings a month. Because when you're going from flying here to flying there to getting out and then getting in the car and driving four hours, like, yeah, you need to sleep, you know. So, But the road trips are a lot fewer and far between nowadays. Luckily... I'm in a position where I'm getting to fly a lot more places because Lord knows those long road trips get exhausting. <laughs> That's got to be hard on you after a while. Probably can't tell that to those old school guys back in the day were doing that seven days a week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how those guys did it and then send all the money home when they had it. I don't know. But uh, I was going to ask you earlier, I forgot. Um, were your parents a fan of you doing this wrestling thing? No, because... Um, well, my dad, um, he was actually, 
pretty supportive. Um, because uh, long story, he was very instrumental in me doing the wrestling. Because I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. But long story short, he had a, a lot of really bad health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when I'd pretty much gotten into college, and when I was, he almost died, you know. And uh, he was in a position where he was no longer able to do a lot of the things he liked to do. And uh, pretty much, you know, kind of said to me like, "Man, you never know how, what tur- turn life is going to take." So. If there's anything you want to do, like do it while you can. And I, you know, dropped out of college and went to become a wrestler. So that's the thing. Like, I I had a full ride scholarship to university um, here in Arizona, and I gave that up to pursue wrestling. And so you can imagine when I tell my mom that she was pissed and she thought I was an idiot and. Um, <laughs> My brother thought I was dumb, and a lot of my friends thought I was dumb, and everyone kind of just, like, the whole thing about, like, indie wrestling is, like, the places you start are very not glamorous, you know? Right. We are wrestling at some swap meet in front of 30 people, and, you know, the wrestlers look like a bunch of fat children, and then, uh, so that's what people are seeing me do, and they're like, what did you do? What did you give up for this? <laughs> and it took until, like, you know the first time someone sees me on WWE doing extra work or the first time some, someone saw me on a television product or the first time someone sees me in a packed, you know, thousand, thousand person crowd, like at a show, like those like moments start to make people realize like, Oh, you're actually like going somewhere. With and <laughs> at, at those points, like people became very supportive of me. And uh, although my mom, like, didn't want me to go down this route. Like once she realized that I was, she had, she was very supportive and you know, she's come to see me wrestle a lot, even though she still doesn't really understand wrestling. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's, everyone's been pretty, pretty great for the most part. <laughs> I think we've all had the, the mom show up at the sport. They didn't really understand. I used to wrestle in high school. I sucked at it. You know, you turn out, you think it's going to be what you watch on TV. I was not bad athlete. Yeah. I just wasn't good at it, and the people were better than I have. And she sit up in the stands, and she couldn't even watch, but she was there. <laughs> yeah, I, just, and, uh, uh, I just have this memory of I was at a, a show, and I had a TLC match, and I took a back body drop out of the ring through a table and this table just immediately snapped and I just hit concrete. And so I basically took a back body drop over the top rope and hit concrete and I was messed up really bad. Like I knew right away I was messed up and uh, I barely finished this match and I get outside and I'm limping and I'm like gasping for air and I'm throwing up and my mom walks up and she's like, oh, hey, blah, blah. like she's just acting like it's all part of the show. Like she, <laughs> she didn't, like she was right there front row and she saw it happen, but like she just is so disconnected with like it, what's, what's real and what's not real. Yeah, it's just the, part of the show. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm dying. Like you, you didn't take me to the hospital. <laughs> oh, how'd that go the first time uh, she had to take you to a hospital? Well, that's probably not good. Uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. I'm really good at avoiding avoiding hospitals. So there you go. I'm really hard and and have mm-hmm. a very really stubborn. I think I can heal a lot of stuff on my own. There you go. I hope this isn't a weird question a of, to ask. A lot of super glue over there. There you. Oh, super glue. That's real life. <laughs> so, hope this is okay to ask. Did your father ever get to see you do a match? 
Yeah, he's. Uh, if I didn't clarify, he's he's still around. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because I was didn't yeah. want to you know rock a boat you know. Yeah, no, no, no. He uh, he has got to see me see me wrestle, and it was really cool because um, uh, he you know what happened was he had a couple strokes all uh, kind of simultaneously. And he, he's uh, paralyzed on half his body, so he has a very hard time, you know, getting around and walking. You know, completely the left arm doesn't work whatsoever. And, uh, you know, just just being at a place and, you know, getting him from inside a house, you know, to out the back door, you know, to go to the backyard is a struggle. But when uh, he came to see me wrestle for the first time, uh, he was on his feet the whole match, you know, uh, uh, and I could hear him like, he's very soft spoken too, because, you know, it affected his, uh, his voice and everything, but I could hear him screaming through the whole match. Like, so that's just, uh, the kind of daddy is like, even though like he can barely walk, he could barely talk. He was on his feet and screaming for 15 minutes. Like, and that he was probably sore for days from that, but you know, so that was a really cool experience for me. Oh man, you you adrenalized him. His like heart was pumping. You know, he was up seeing his boy <laughs> doing his thing. Man, that was but an outstanding moment for you both. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that, man. That was really cool. But uh, so you were training down in Arizona, in Phoenix or whatever town it was. Um, when did you get from training to actually doing one of those first matches? Um, I was training for nearly a year before I wrestled, and uh, that's not to say I didn't have, um, you know, people wanted to book me. Basically, like, from the get-go, you know, people would come to training and they'd see me, you know, rolling around or practicing and be like, oh, we need to put this guy on a show. But like I said, my training was very old school. And uh, he said something to me that I try to tell kids all the time, and they're like, and it's, why do you want to hurry up and be the worst match on a show? <laughs> and it's like, and he told me all the time, he's like, he's like, the first time you wrestle, people, people are going to be blown away. And he's like, and you're going to go places. But if you go out there and you have the worst match of the night, that's going to be people's opinion of you. And you're going to have to work hard to change that. He's like, so I waited, we waited months and months and months before I had my first match. And, you know, like, uh, I don't think we quite lived up to his expectations of me blowing people away because I know my, you know, my first couple matches were, you know, pretty hard for me to go back and watch. But uh, <laughs> um, they definitely, I knew what I was doing to an extent. You know, I didn't look like an idiot out there. I looked like I belonged. And um, so once we got that ball rolling, it was still pretty slow at first, you know, just a couple shows in Arizona, you know, weeks between but you know once that ball kind of got rolling and then the first time joe defalco from las vegas who runs future stars of wrestling actually reached out and offered to give me my first out-of-state booking which was huge because i was really nervous about that like going to a new locker room with a bunch of people i didn't know and also you know spending the money on gas and all this stuff and driving for 10 hours and i remember thinking like I remember, like, it was me and one other guy who were supposed to go, and I was trying to talk my way out of, like, going, basically. And the other wrestler told me, like, he's like, listen, like, having respect in other locker rooms, like walking into locker rooms in other states and other places and having someone know you and respect you and 
stuff like that, like that's a big deal. He's like, and you want that. He's like, we're going to go. So I went and it was great. And it was from then on, I was like, wow, like I need to get out. And I just started trying to go everywhere I could. Well, what should a young guy do if he's coming into someone else's locker room the first time? You go in there, introduce yourself, shake hands. Do you shut the fuck up? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to be respectful, shake hands, make friends. Uh, but another thing that, like, I don't understand with wrestling is, like, it's like we train people to be, like, scared little boys, and wrestling's supposed to be men. Like, <laughs> you need to, like, like, yeah, like, don't come in and try to be a tough guy or an asshole or act like you own the place. But also, you know, act like you belong, act like you know, like know your value, know you have, you're there for a reason, you know, so do what you're told and do the best job you can, but also like, you know, people are like, it's a weird time because like, there's a lot of like wrestlers who like think like you need to walk on eggshells and be like the guy who's afraid to make eye contact, but like, and they think that that equals being respectful, but like to me that like that shows that you have no confidence in yourself. So it's like you gotta stand somewhere in between. But I think I've always been a good people person. Like so, I got along and made friends really well right away. So it's like, and I I don't I I don't have an ego about me. Like I know like there's I know there's reasons people want to use me, but I also know that I have things to learn. So it's like if I can find the guy who has something to offer me and like teach me. I'm always willing to listen, but I also know that, you know, wherever I go, I do have something to add to the show. So, uh, what, um, promotions have you wrestled for and what have been some of your favorite ones? Uh, I mean, I wrestled too many places to remember <laughs> everything, but, right, right. uh, definitely like some of the favorites, you know, PCW Ultra in California is one of the biggest companies in the world right now. Um, I had a very lengthy, run there and not to say that I'm not there anymore but I'm not doing every I was under contract with them for a period of time which I no longer am um Future Stars of Wrestling in Vegas has always been awesome um I've worked for Inoki in Japan which was always a really cool experience um Dreamwave Wrestling which is no longer a company anymore but I always have to mention them because those are just some of my favorite memories um (laughs) But, yeah, and then, like, you know, TV shows like uh, West Coast Wrestling Connection up there in Oregon, um, Paragon Pro Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You know, all the like, TV experiences is, is a completely different animal in pro wrestling, and I've always enjoyed doing that. <laughs> and I think, um, like, you, you find some wrestlers who are good wrestlers, but then you put them on TV and they, they kind of, like, don't stick or they don't quite <laughs> work the way you expect them to. You know, so I think, uh, like, learning TV is, like, that was something I was really fortunate to get to do that really young in my career. So with that, you don't just get to go out there and do your, you know, you guys just, I don't know how it works, but you got more of these guys want you to do certain things and that kind of stuff, whereas maybe if it's just a regular yeah, show, not- you go out and just, okay, here's the finish, we'll go out and do the rest, or... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but, right. yeah, it's, you, you got to think, like, there's there's a lot more restrictive guidelines because it's like if you're on a you know your typical indie show and they say hey go out there for 15 minutes you know it's and then you go 10 eh, no big deal or you go 20 eh, no big deal but you gotta think if you're on TV and they say okay you have 10 minutes and then you go 12 that's two minutes of TV time like that there's there's only so much time in the episode that's gonna air so it's like 
they need to either cut somebody's match or cut some of your match or buy more TV time, and it's it becomes a whole new set of problems, you know. And then in addition to that, there's you know cameras to worry about, and you know if you're doing an indie show once every month, that's one thing. But if you're on TV every week, you have to have these storylines that have to suck people into the television. You know, people are going to go to indie shows because they're going to go to indie shows, but when they're watching TV, like, they can easily turn the channel. Like, you're trying to catch a different type of audience there, and it's it's a lot more complex uh, of a way to go about wrestling. And on some of these TV tapings, are do you also have to do some backstage, you know, vignettes and promos? Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's another thing that a lot of people... You know, a lot of indie wrestlers can are phenomenal in the ring, but then you hand them a microphone and they crap themselves. You know, and uh, so that's another thing, like being able to being able to talk. Like you don't always get that opportunity on indie shows. Like, and I've always been like my whole thing. Like, I approached like wrestling the way I fell in love with wrestling. So I never wanted to be like plain tights with a plain name and doing. Com- complicated wrestling holes. Like, I wanted to be a cool, larger-than-life guy with cool music and cool entrance gear, and I wanted to cut cool promos. Like, I've always been a talker. Like, talking has been, like, probably my strongest area in wrestling. But a lot of shows, like, don't even... Like, there's shows that I've had to fight to get promo time. Because, like, some promoters just don't like having promos on their show. And how do you practice your promos do you stand in a room by yourself looking in the mirror tape yourself I mean, you know I, your girlfriend or wife yeah, or whoever I mean, it might be listen that, or? When, uh, when i was new there was a lot of a uh, lot of driving and filming myself a lot of the mirror promo um but i mean nowadays i, I i've gotten to do it so much in front of live crowds or for television but i'm pretty good at just like that's i know who i am i know how i talk it's similar to wrestling you know when you first start you feel like you have to call you know practice a match you know two weeks ahead of time to be able to do it but now it's like you know you you get in there you do it now it's just kind of a similar way of you know promos it's like it's it's just a a part of my personality that is real to me it's a hundred percent real and i believe it and i get into that and it's me so it's like I don't have to sit there and write out a script of what I think Hammerstone would say. <coughs> right. Uh, so, speaking of TV, you had mentioned earlier, and I didn't know this, WWE enhancement work. When did you do that? Um, I think the first time I ever worked at WWE was probably like way back in 2013, maybe. Um, it's funny, I think I actually saw like, my Facebook memories today, like six years ago, like me <laughs> alluding that I was going to be doing extra work or something. Um, but yeah, I've done that a few times for them, um, which uh, is always, it, it is what it is. It's a fun experience, you know. It's, it's a lot more fun in recent years because, like, you know, the first time I ever did it, I was so nervous and <laughs> so scared and I didn't know how to act, but, like, I think the last time I was back there, it feels like I know more people than I don't know, you know? So it's just a lot cooler now. Well, that's going to be really cool as the experience goes. You're meeting more people, you know more people, you walk in, feel a little more comfortable. So that probably makes what you're doing, whatever they ask you to do, ask you to do 
makes you a little more comfortable doing it probably. Yeah, but uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's like towards the end, like, you know, uh, well, you know, now I'm under contract with Major League Wrestling, which is uh, something I'm really excited about. You know, Rumble was just here in Phoenix mm. uh, yesterday, obviously, and they're, they're doing we're on SmackDown tonight and tomorrow, and they they got in contact with me to work those things, and it was the first time I got to say, actually, sorry, guys, <laughs> but my contract says I'm not allowed. Yeah. You know, but, Congratulations on that. Congratulations on oh, that, by the way. I did have that on the list here that we were going to get to. We all run a little longer than I uh, thought we would. Is that okay? Yeah, that's, I mean, as long as you're, you're okay, I'm okay. With it. Yeah, yeah, I still got a little bit of time here, so that works out good. Because we haven't even talked about what's going on right now, exactly, with this yeah. uh, Major League Wrestling. So you have a contract with MLW, but it sounds like you still get to appear on indie dates? Yeah, so uh, indie dates, non, nothing that competes uh, television-wise is still A-OK. Nice, nice. Yeah, we're going to be seeing you uh, coming up here to the Northwest pretty soon. It sounds like you're going to be visiting uh, WCWC soon down there in uh, Oregon, West Coast Wrestling Connection. I know we're going to be seeing you at uh, Defy taking on uh, Shaft down there in Portland. And then I see you're coming up to <laughs> yeah. uh, Everett without a cause. So uh, for, let's let's get, run down the list here. First of all, what's going on uh, with you and WCWC? Is that going to be one of those tapings or one of their uh, events in Salem? It's uh, one of their live shows in Salem, which, man, it's been uh, a couple of years since I've been out that way. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't done one of those Salem shows. And like I said, it's been a couple of years. Uh but I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to visit that part of uh, part of Oregon again. Nice, nice, nice. And then, uh, God, what? Just less than two weeks? Two weeks? Uh, Defy in Portland. Uh, yeah. You get to face a big, big man, and around here we call him the baddest motherfucker around. So, or on the planet, <laughs> something like that. I screwed I'm it up. I'm excited for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Defy is a place that uh, on and off, like. You know, it's it's been a, like talks about getting booked or not, and it's uh, always kind of slipped through and it hasn't happened. And finally, it's happening. And, you know, the shop is a big reason that I'm booked because uh, so many fans have uh, tweeted or you know, uh, Facebooked or something about uh, the two of us in a match and you know, asking for it. And uh, Finally, you know, one of those nights I saw it, I saw the message and I just was filled with all full of piss and vinegar and just, you know, kind of started uh, running my mouth a little bit. And uh, <laughs> pretty soon it turned into, turned into a beef that people just had to see. <laughs> nice, man. I'm looking forward to that, although I won't be in Portland, but I'll be watching it on uh, Defy Now. I'm going to be in Las Vegas that weekend. I get there the same day of that uh, AEW announcement, but I'm not taking off here until they're actually having their party, so I might miss it. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I, I just did, actually. So, uh, where was I going here now? And the, So, Defy, uh, so this should be your first time at Defy, correct? It will, but hopefully not the last. Oh, I hope not, too, from uh, some stuff I've watched on you on the internet and what I'm seeing, and just this amazing conversation uh, we're having right now. And then on uh, February 24th, Without a cause up in Everett, man. I've been to been to two or two of three of the shows, and uh, they're phenomenal. And this one they got lined up this time up there is great. 
they got a lot of great talent coming in for this one. I don't know if you heard the recent announcement, Joey Ryan's coming in. I did see that. <laughs> we also yeah, uh, for a new company, like they seem to be doing things the right way, and they got a lot of cool, like talented guys up there. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be a great time. Max, the guy that uh, runs the show up there, him and his friends, he's a great guy. I always tell everyone he's one of the first guys when I started getting on Twitter and looking into the wrestling scene here and uh, the indie scene here in uh, the Northwest. He was kind of one of the first guys to get back to me and kind of let me know what uh, what's going on. And then years later, he was training to be a wrestler. He had some knee issues. And now the guy's running his own deal. And it's uh, a lot of us are proud of him around here, man. He's a young younger guy. I mean, I'm a 46-year-old guy, so you're all younger than me. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so who's been some of your favorite opponents man didn't you recently take on johnny morrison mundo uh all his yeah, names defiance that was uh that was uh friday night in uh, las vegas that was we a-, had a steel cage match and it was uh it was a hell of a match man uh you know there's a lot of good guys uh but, and, you know, obviously you expect a guy like John to be good because everywhere he's been and how long he's been doing it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone else, but holy crap, like he's got to be the top three best guys I've ever wrestled. It's like it's it's crazy how good something like that is. It's like they're doing the match for you. <laughs> well, he's done it all from, you know, WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact. You know, he's... He wrestles everywhere. He kicks ass. He does movies, you know. Uh, he's been at Defy a couple times now, and uh, he's a really nice guy to meet. And uh, I'm kind of watching a little video of your guys' little cage match here on your uh, Facebook right now. And uh, Oh, I'm sorry. He just kicked you in the face, though. But, uh, man, looked like a fun match. But it must be a highlight thing. Now you just, like, gave him a oh, kind of like the Brock Lesnar's finishing move. I don't know what you call it, but an F5 kind of looking thing. But uh, looks fun, man. And, uh any uh, dates coming up against Johnny again? It's coming soon, by the way. Uh, what's up? <laughs> I said uh, Johnny Defiance. Any other uh, dates coming up against him soon? You'll be seeing him on a card, but you won't be wrestling him. Uh, I don't have anything anything coming up against him soon, you know, but uh, who's, who's to say? Yeah, we'll, right. We'll see. We're, we, we, once you get in that cool kid click and you, you end up in the same company a lot, it's about to happen. <laughs> well, you guys might cross path in uh, Portland here pretty soon, by the way. If, I think he's going to be on that uh, same show that you're taking on. Yeah. But uh, who are some of your other favorite opponents besides uh, Johnny Morrison? Uh, I mean, Brian Cage comes up real quick. I love wrestling Brian. Uh, oh, God. Because... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's it's fun and it's not fun because I don't think, like, everyone knows, obviously, Cage is strong, but it's like, you don't, like, when he has you in the corner and he's throwing, like, those machine gun lariats, it's just, like, the size of that arm clobbering your chest. It's just very unforgiving. Uh, but I, I, I've had a couple of really great matches with him. Um, and actually, I, I would have to say that one of the matches I had with him at PCW, like, really kind of put me on the map because, uh, you know, I've been going, you know, I've been getting a lot of notoriety and going a lot of places, but once that match with Cage, like, uh, they put that online, like, that match alone got me booked so many places, like, and there are people who specifically booked me versus Cage just because they wanted to see 
some version of that. So that was that was a good one. Um, Pentagon Junior was a super fun match. Uh, Willie Mack, you know, I've, I've got to wrestle a lot of really good people. I've got the Sammy Callahan. Like those have all been like some great guys that I've got to get in the ring with. But then there's up, also up and comer guys like you know Chris Bay out in uh, FSW. Is he's their current champion? He actually took the belt for me. That little shit, but uh, <laughs> you know, I've always had super fun matches with him. You know, I uh, I, I like wrestling a wide variety of styles, you know, because not only do I get to you know kind of test myself, but it's just fun for like someone like me who like you know, I'm, it's not like I'm some kind of monstrous guy, but you know, in independent wrestling, I'm usually the bigger guy. So every once in a while, you let me wrestle a guy like Cage or even a guy like Shaft that we're going to see at the five. And that's going to be a totally different match than what I'm used to. So I really enjoy it. So what's uh, on the horizon for you and MLW? Uh, we'll have to see. I actually start uh, next Saturday in Philadelphia, their big super fight show. Nice. And um, I'm, I'm, I don't even know who I'm wrestling or So I guess we're just going to kind of have to see uh, where that road takes me. Um I, like I said, I've never wrestled for them. I uh, there's a lot of people there who went to bat for me, you know, and who had put in a word for me, who had seen me elsewhere, and uh, I guess that was enough for them to decide that they wanted to offer me the contract. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic that I'm starting there, and I'm already you know signed after not even wrestling for them. I know that doesn't typically happen with some of these like. Companies outside of WWE, but it's uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. Um, I had uh, obviously some different things on the table and some different things to decide. But after talking with MLW, like I really feel like it's the right move for right now, and I'm really really excited to get it started. Uh, I'm excited about it too because then we can all see you on MLW, whether you have their like subscription deal or every. Saturday, I think they download some every Saturday, every other Saturday. I can't remember what it is. They download their show up to uh, YouTube, so millions yeah, upon exactly. millions will be able to see your matches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they got so much, so much talent over there. There's so much. Like that's the thing is, um, it's they run in a lot of places where I haven't got a lot of opportunity to work. Like so, for as much as I've been up and down the West Coast, and. uh kind of make that my stomping ground you know they're running shows on the east and you know florida new york uh, chicago philadelphia these are places that although i've been to a lot of these places i want to either regularly been there and i haven't been a mainstay so it's going to be cool working these new areas new fans and also a lot of new talent that i haven't got the chance to wrestle and a lot of great exposure for for you man and uh you know yeah, that's sure. just only going to do great things for you and the uh coming years and i got one question from a buddy of mine that writes articles about wrestlers by the way his name's phillips philip excuse me at pj tanton 71 on twitter good good buddy of mine goes to all the defy shows he'll be there uh, no i don't know if he'll be at the portland one but he'll be at uh, the whack show that uh, you're going to be at uh, the dream match for you that hasn't happened yet <laughs> uh <Alexa Bliss. laughs> i didn't expect that but I like it. Nice, <laughs> solid intergender match. Hey, man, if I get a chance to get in the ring with her, I get to get a chance to No, but I guess real talk, um, I don't, I, 
I, I get this question a lot. Um, but I don't. I don't know if I have a, a real answer to that. You know, because um, I. I mean, not just sound. You know, any kind of way. But in the last year, I've got to wrestle kind of like a who's who of my. You know, some of my favorite guys on the indies, um, and you know, none of them have let me down. And it's like. I guess uh, I guess it's just anybody and everybody at this point. I, I really, uh, in 2019, uh, I really want to be looked at as one of those top guys who, you know, is anywhere and everywhere, and I want to make myself that guy that people want to wrestle. And uh, so anyone who's uh, willing to step in the ring, let's do it. <laughs> so I should ask the next guy I interview if Ale- if Hammerstone is their dream match, by the way. <laughs> there you go. hey man we'll probably wrap this up here uh so like i said we got stuff coming up for you here in the northwest uh what is uh any other things coming up on the horizon that you know of yet maybe not because you were just telling about the mlw thing anything else besides your yeah, northwest we, trip coming up we got uh we got those you know a couple of dates up in the northwest you're talking about we got mlw to keep an eye on and then um, besides that, uh, FSW is doing their another Mecca show, which is basically uh, their super card. That's when they bring in, you know, the top guys, you know, the Morrisons, the Sammy Callahan's, the uh, Brian Cage's, all these guys, Shane Strickland. Uh, so their Mecca card is always something to look forward to. And um, that's going to be March 17th. And... Uh, Besides that, I think uh, I think just stay tuned to my social media. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Alex Hammerstone. Social uh, Facebook is Alexander Hammerstone, and uh, I'm very interactive. So, hey, I'll say you are, man, and I'll tell everyone you got right back to me immediately. Every time I've sent you a message, you've gotten back to me within a day, and I appreciate it so much. I'm just a little tiny podcaster up here in this fishing town of uh, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard to. Sometimes it's hard to sort through the messages of, like, weirdos wanting to buy old wrestling ties, but I try my best. <laughs> well, I appreciate it very much, man. And uh, speaking of, uh, oh, you're not speaking of nothing, merchandise. Is there Hammerstone merchandise to be had? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. See, the thing is, uh, as you might know or might not know, I recently really overhauled, uh, you know, kind of my whole image. And uh, so... I'm really trying to get rid of the old and in with the new. So the whole, uh, the old eight by tens with uh, the long hair, I'm pretty much thrown in the trash, and all the old <laughs> logos and t-shirts. And uh, hopefully, when I'm up there in the in February, I'll uh, I'll have a whole new whole new stock of stuff. But that's something that just keep it on social media because I don't have like an online store or anything. Gotcha. But I do uh, plenty of ordering through PayPal and stuff like that. Well, man, uh, if you're bringing merch uh, to uh, Without a Cause, bring an extra uh, 2X. But anyway, man, appreciate your time tonight. You know, I appreciate what you do. I cannot wait to see you up here in the Northwest, uh, specifically at the Without a Cause show that I'll be at. I know you're going to have a fabulous time down at uh, Defy, taking on Shaft. Wait till you hear that crowd for an independent show, buddy. And uh, any final thoughts out of Hammerstone before we cut this off and go have some dinner? Uh, good. Please spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> Excellent. As a as an animal person, a pet person. That's all I got, brother. That's all right. I'm a pet person, and I appreciate that, man. Hammerstone, have a good night, buddy. All right, you take care, brother.